0: amen amen good morning identity church i hope you've had a great week Uh, i know i have um my daughter's back from her honeymoon and we've got to see them and now they've got to start living life that's uh that's the shocking reality of everything is that it's no longer the honeymoon and now you got to come back and go to work and you know after being married for 25 years i know there are several of you in here that's been married longer than that. You're probably sitting there going, yeah, it's it's work. But you know what? It's so much fun. So much fun. Amy, can you go ahead and get this up? Because I'm going to get us started here. You know, this is the Thanksgiving season. And, you know, in the Thanksgiving season, the Lord's been showing me so much. Um, and I try not to... I try not to see what people put on Facebook and, and, you know, I've got friends all over that have done all kinds of stuff, but I see people and I think to myself, you know, these people have just given up. We've, we found a a group of people who've just said, you know what? I've just, I'm just tired. You know, I've got, I've throughout my whole time in in ministry and in just working with churches. I've seen people that's just gotten tired and fed up. They just, they're saying, Hey, I just don't know what to do anymore. And you know, I just, the more I thought about that this week, you know, it triggered me to say, you know what? Don't give up, give thanks. Do you know what happens when you give up? How many people's ever given up? Anybody giving up? Oh, come on. Everybody's giving up at some point. You may have played cards with someone and been like, hey, I'm just, you're so far ahead in cards. I'm just like, give up. Well, you know what? If you give up, you still lost, right? You still had to deal with the reality. So it doesn't matter if you give up. But you know what happens if you give thanks, Then you get to say, you know what? Let's play again. Let's play again. And eventually I get to the point to where I get good enough I can win. Do you know that this is one of the things in life that God has been trying to get into the human race ever since the beginning is don't give up, give thanks. But you know that most of the time, and I believe this wholeheartedly because I see it. This is, a, this is the eye test. If you want to know what scientific belief is, you go watch something happen. Not something theoretically that somebody told you about, but every single day, if I jump off this stage, I'm going to hit the ground. I'm not going to go flying up to the roof. Do you know that the same thing is, is that every single time in our lives that somebody gives up, it completely wrecks them. You know I have seen more people that they've lost their they've lost their faith, then they lose their family, then they lose their jobs, they lose their finances. Do you know that there's a pattern that comes with this? That if you give up, then what happens? You still lost. But you know what? It's like last night I watched that ball game, Alabama, and you know what's crazy about that that game is the fact that they lost. They lost. But do you know what happens at the end of that ball game? They play another ball game. I can go back and look at all the national championships that Alabama won. But you know what? You go out and look on Facebook. Oh, this season's over. Do you know that, that that is the defeatist mentality? And I think the human race right now in our society lives in this defeatist mentality. They live in a mentality that says that I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna give in to this anymore. I'm just gonna give up. You know that I believe without a shadow of a doubt that our society has created a bunch of quitters. Well, that's pretty harsh, Dusty. You're saying that society is a bunch of quitters? Absolutely! If it doesn't go our way, we just quit. You know. I work with people who are my age and older that they've had lots and lots of issues. Lots of issues. They've been through a lot of different things and they still go on. You know why that is? It's because we used to teach people at a young age, you don't quit. If it's 99 to nothing, you don't quit. Do you know that nowadays I have to go and baby all the people who are like you know, under thirty. You ever you ever had to you know go baby the people that that that's out there and you're like, well, hey, I'm just trying to keep them from quitting because all of them can go back and live with people that are my age, their parents. You know, I'm not trying to get down on on young people or anything else, but I do think we need to teach both young and old. Everybody needs to know that you don't need to give up, but you need to give thanks. You know, sometimes the tough is going to come, you know, and the tough is going to come and you're going to have to take it on. And that's what makes you tougher. You know, I I look at this message that we're about to get into that I know my wife is going to teach probably next week. I'm going to have Heather teach on her Thanksgiving message Everybody loves her Thanksgiving message because it's just really nice. And everybody just goes, oh, this, I feel good. I feel like Thanksgiving is here, you know. But when I teach on Thanksgiving, I'm saying, let's thank God. People are like, well, that's a little bit meaner. You know what? I want people to take an account for what they've come through. You've come through some stuff. Good. You know, you're on the other side of that. And if you're still going through it, then guess what? You will come through with that as well. But see, we don't need to give up. We need to give thanks. And I'm going to be primarily out of one set of scriptures today, Psalms 136. If you want to follow along, I will be dotting some scriptures in and out of here. But last week, we had Jason teaching. Jason taught on the goodness of God. And this verse came to me. In the, middle of that, um, in the middle of that sermon, and it was Psalms 23.6, which is, you know, it's one of those things where I used to go to church uh, at Victor Christian Fellowship. We had this guy come in, and he, he was an evangelist, and he would get two people on stage, and he would call them goodness and mercy. And he'd walk around, and he'd have them follow him, and he would say, goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. They're hunting me down. They're chasing me down. Well, you know what? It was a good illustration to show that if goodness and mercy are following you, then you feel chased. How many people feel chased by goodness and mercy? Yes. Not as many hands. Amen. Do you know that goodness and mercy are following you? You might need to stop and let them run into you. You know, there's a point. That I want to make right here because goodness and mercy are sometimes associated with, well, goodness has to do with how I feel. I got to feel good about it. How many people like to feel good? I like to feel good. Everybody likes to feel good. But do you know that goodness has nothing to do with what you feel? Goodness is specific and goodness has a purpose. So does Mercy. Do you know that, and it says at the end of this, because everybody stops at the very end of it and says, Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, wait a minute. If I just take that first little bit, well, then goodness and mercy is following me. But do you know that if I dwell in the house of the Lord, that's where goodness and mercy, that's where it resides, that's where it lives, And see, this is what I want, I want to make, I want to make this point because when we get into Psalms 136, we're going to find out that Israel had had some promises. You know, I've been teaching on the vision for like the last, you know, four or five weeks before, before the wedding. And what happened was, is that I asked you guys to do homework, go write your vision Put it down on a tablet. I do. Mine's called an iPad. I went and put my vision down on the iPad. You know, some of y'all can take out a big tablet of granite and you can put it on there. Put it on a piece of paper. I know people who take post-it notes and they put their vision up and they put it on their mirror and they look at it every single day. Do you know why? It's because they want to see it come to pass. Because it says that the runner... That's me and you. We're the runner. We see the vision and then we run after it. You see, goodness and mercy as it's following you, it's going to take you through those times. Goodness and mercy is going to, is going to propel you into your vision. But if you quit, if you give up and you say, ah, man, I've been chasing after that vision forever. Well, then goodness and mercy are standing around going, What are we doing? What are we doing? Do you know that if I actually take that scripture, goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life, then that means that I'm walking, I'm continuing, I'm doing things that I need to do. Does that mean that I've got to work through, you know, I just, I got to toil all the days of my life? No. Goodness and mercy are there to help undergird us and to push us along. <laughs> Psalms 136, one through three, it says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and for his mercy endureth forever. Can I get everybody to say that for the Lord is good, for the Lord is good. and his mercy endures forever. You know, I say that every single day. It's a part of what I confess about who I am and where I am in my life. It's to remind me of a couple of things. And see, a lot of times we need to understand, well, if I give thanks to the Lord, I'm making a confession. How do you give thanks to someone without going, thanks? Thank you for what you did. You know we, I I think in our society, we just go, oh, thanks, and we move on. It wasn't really a heartfelt thanks. It wasn't anything that we, that we specifically wanted to have a, a, you know, a relationship with someone about, you know, because everybody is on this fast food thing. Oh, well, you gave me a, you know, my dad got me a bottle. Well, thanks, dad. But do you know that, that when I go and make a confession of how good somebody did, you know I'm going to give thanks to my dad. Do you know that he gets here early every single Sunday and he puts the signs out? Whew, I'm so thankful. Do you know that that my mom makes all of the the stuff that you see for the um, you know for our announcements? I'm so thankful that there are people who want to want to do and and to help me do you know that thankfulness is not just well you did something so it's a transactional thing so I'm just going to give you thanks because I want you to keep doing it it's no I I'm thankful because I confess that what you did was helpful to me does that make sense if I don't confess that dad I just thank you for what you do. If I just said that, that's, that's good. But if I said, you know what, Dad, I thank you because you give unto this ministry. You go out and you put the signs out every Sunday morning. That is connecting. Man, that was a blessing to me. See, that's what we need to be doing to God too. We need to be giving thanks unto God. We need to be confessing of His goodness and His mercy. Do you know that this word uh, yada here is to make a confession. It's to confess all the good things that he has done. So this word right here for benefits is good. You know, goodness is just the benefits. I confess of his benefits. How many people benefited from the Lord? Do you know that. You know that in my own life, I can go back and I was healed of ADD and dyslexia. I was. I didn't pass. Go ask my parents. I didn't. They, they handed me a diploma booklet and it had a blank piece of paper in it. Isn't that right? You know, I went from that to I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. I heard that in a church service. It, it became alive on the inside of me. And the benefits of who God was inside of me exploded. I went and got a GED within eight months. After I got my GED, because, hey, I didn't pass high school. They basically said, sayonara, sucker, when they sent me out. Then I went and I got my GED. Do you know that within a year after getting my GED, I got certified in Novell. Then I went on and I started doing... um, And this was a process, right? So I have ADD and dyslexia. I go through this whole process of getting myself to the point of going to college. You know, it took me 11 years to go from GED to a master's degree in computer engineering. There are a lot of smart people. My son's gonna be one of them. He's gonna go through and he's probably gonna knock that out in less than four years, okay? I didn't have that luxury. But the Lord was good, and His mercy endureth for 11 years. Do you know that in my own estimate, I could still be going to school if I had had the problems that I had had back when I was, you know, what? It's been 27 years ago when I got out of high school. Do you know that the Lord is good because His goodness is a benefit? Because of that benefit, I went from not having a vision to having one. And then that vision caused me to start running. And it took some time. It took time. And this is one of the good ones because everybody wants mercy, right? We all need mercy. But this word mercy is to have faithfulness. It's to bring to completion. So when it says, oh, give thanks, make a confession to the Lord for his benefits are good and his faithfulness to bring to pass that vision will last forever. Amen. There needs to be more amens. We need to be looking at our vision and going, woo! That means it's going to come to pass. You know, the problem is, is that some of y'all are going... I hadn't seen it yet. You know what? During that 11 years, I didn't see it. Slowly but surely. And you know what? I had people encourage me as I went along. But at the end of that tunnel, there was another tunnel. Do you know that my goals and my visions and everything that God has for me, they endure forever. Some people find that to be uh, quite um, upsetting. Everybody wants a big goal, right? To where when we finish it, we're, we're rich and health and we've got prosperity in every way. And everybody looks at me as I'm the most awesome thing that ever has been. But do you know in life, that's not the way things work? You go and you have a goal and you have a vision and you do what the Lord is telling you to do and at the end of that goal you go back to work. There's going to be another vision. And you know what? That's the way it's going to be. Even in eternity you're going to go to heaven and God, do you think they're just up there partying every single day in heaven? Yeah, Brock thinks so. But do you know that the thing is is that you're going to have things to do. This is is eternity. This is from now, this moment right now until the rest of until forever. God's goodness and his mercy it endures forever. And in every single thing that you do, he's going to be good to you, he's going to be faithful, he's going to bring it to completion. It says right here it says, Oh, give thanks to the God of gods for his mercy, his faithfulness endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords for his mercy endures forever. Psalms 119, 80, uh, 89, and 90, it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. That means that it. It is an abode for all of us. Means that the goodness and the mercy. It's to all generations. There wasn't a particular generation he did this for. It wasn't just Israel. It wasn't for just the Christians. He wanted everybody. Every generation. It's one of the reasons why it's so important for us to go and redeem the world. Go into the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because there is redemption. We are at a point where people are losing it. I see it every single day. They replace Jesus with some sort of stupidity that comes out of some science book. You go ask them, well, how do you know? Well, we, we thought it up. Do you know that faith and religion, they can be mis, they can be mis- skewed. Do you know that, you know, <laughs> I was watching a thing on YouTube not too long ago. And a guy actually told an atheist that was talking about scientists about this scientific thing that he said was fact. And he said, prove it. And the the, the atheist goes, well, they've done studies on it. Well, what's the study say? Well, the study says that they believe that it did. Do you understand that the words that scientists use are the same ones Christians use? See, it's all religion. And see, I, I use the word religion not with i don't I don't use it with a near and dear to my heart type of statement. I look at religion as man's way of trying to find God. That's the way I see religion. I see relationship as how we interact with God, the Father, God, the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Religion is just a bunch of stuff. You can go find plenty of really good religious churches that will have you doing lots of stuff. You'll stand up, you'll sit down, you'll get on one knee, you'll, you'll take communion every single Sunday. You've got to do it in a certain way. And if you do it in a certain way, then you, you've been blessed. And if you didn't do it in a certain way, then you had not been blessed. See, the thing is, is that religion was created by man. You know, when I did communion for my daughter's wedding, I got up and I read the actual scripture that Jesus used on the night that he did The Last Supper. Do you know that he didn't have any fanfare? He took some bread, broke it, handed it out and said, take eat of my body that was broken for you. He didn't go, you've got to come up here and we've got to have a a choir full of boys going, in some sort of like, you know, Latin, while we take communion. Do you know that all of that, was something that we decided, hey, that sounds pretty good. It's kind of like this. I got these lights and they're on me. Do you know why I have lights on me? Is because y'all need to see me, right? But I can go into other churches and it looks like a rock concert. Oh, we're trying to draw the young people in with a rock concert. Well, you know that that's not even working. Do you know that? Whatever man decides to do in order to get closer to God, if it negates Jesus and a relationship, then it's just religion. And see, I want you to understand something. I'm not against churches, I'm not against people who do that because they find it to be good. Don't don't take me wrong with that. There's some people that I truly believe that they do that stuff and it actually they they have a relationship with God. So if they do, that's fine. My point is, is that we also have people out there that's like, I checked my box for this week. Check. I showed up to the service. I did my penance. I said my Hail Marys. I said my whatever it was. And that gives me another week of salvation. You know, it's like what Heather said this morning, which I thought was really awesome because we don't talk about that enough. Do you know that you don't have enough righteousness in yourself to be able to save anything? Do you know that if Jesus didn't die for your sins, past, present and future, then you're going to bust hell wide open. Give it up because there's nothing you can do. You don't have enough in you. In fact, do you know that nobody in the law, it actually says this in Romans, nobody in the law actually got saved. The law of Israel did not save anybody because they could not meet it. You know, the rich young ruler, they thought they could meet it. Rich young ruler comes walking up to Jesus and what did he say to him? He said, I've done all the law and the prophets and I, I am perfect in them all. And he goes, really? And he goes, well, then sell everything and come with me. Well, he had greed in his heart. Jesus just showed him, hey, You want to play this game where you think that sin is something that you can deal with? Then guess what? I'm going to show you the truth. I'm going to put a light on your sin. And the guy walked away. They actually think that this man was Barnabas. I don't know why I got off on that. But Barnabas, he was the whole reason why we have three quarters of the New Testament. Do you know that Barnabas went from believing that he was saved in what he did to going and believing that Jesus saved him and what Jesus did. Guys, that's revival time right there. That means that if you believe in Jesus, if you put your trust in him, then you are righteous because of your belief. You are righteous because of what he did. You are not righteous because of what you did. So what was the word that was here that has been settled in heaven? It was Jesus. In fact, in Genesis 3.15, after Adam and Eve had fallen, God turns around and says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, talking about the devil, and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head, talking about Jesus, and and you shall bruise his heel. Do you know that Jesus' body was broken. Do you know that God doesn't look at this right here? He looks at it like the bottom of your foot. All the stuff that you've got on the outside of you, that's not the important stuff. The important stuff is the spirit, soul, and body piece of this. The, The spirit that's on the inside of you through Jesus Christ and your mind, will, and emotions. You know, when Jesus came, he was broken for us in our body. But then his blood gave us a new covenant to do away with sin. See, you need to understand this so you can give thanks. What has Jesus done? I need to give thanks unto him for what he has done already. And and for all the things that he's already taken care of for me. In Psalms 136, uh, 4 through 14, I love how this was put out um, in the psalmist. It says, To him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him who has wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who laid out the earth above and the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, the moon, and the stars by night, to him who struck the Egyptians in their firstborn and brought out Israel among them, with a strong hand, with an outreached arm, to divide whom, or, or, I'm sorry, to him who divided the Red Sea into two and made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. Do you know that this was a confession that it was supposed to be sung? It was supposed to be sung by everybody in Israel to say, remember where we came from. Remember the promises that God has already fulfilled. Because guess what? If I remember those, then the ones he's got for us in the future, he's going to bring them to pass as well. See, he confessed And he made good on his promises. You know, Habakkuk, we we talked about this. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it speaks and it will not, though it will not lie, though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Do you know that in every single thing that God has done for us, I can look back On those days when I had ADD and dyslexia. And God brought me through all of that. You know I go and I say thank God for all of that goodness. Thank God for your faithfulness and your mercy. Do you know that in every single thing that you have in life. You need to take those accounts of the things that God has brought you through. You need to take account and you need to confess them as good because he's going to take you to another level and he's going to continue to give you more and more things. In fact, the rest of this psalm actually comes out of Abraham's covenant that was cut for Israel and for us. In fact, in Genesis 15 13 through 16, God is cutting a covenant. And he's telling Abraham, this is what I'm going to do with your seed. This is what I'm going to do with the people that are going to come from your lineage. Then he said unto Abraham, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them. Talking about Egypt. And they will afflict them for 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge. Afterwards, they shall come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go unto your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generations they shall return, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Well, the Amorites was these like warring little factions that was running around where Israel, where like Jerusalem and, and the nation of Israel was going to be at. Do you know that when they went into Egypt, there was 12 people? Do you know that when they came out of Egypt, there was almost 4 million? The Amorites was running around here with a couple thousand. See, what you have to understand is that when God goes and he puts you into a place and incubates you, they actually call Israel, a lot of the scholars, they call it as the incubator. Because what happened was, as those 12 people turned into 4 million, they come out and they kicked everybody's tail. As long as they believed what the Lord said. Because they also, for 4 million people, went 40 years in the desert and walked around in a circle between like 2 or 3 places for 40 years because they didn't believe the Lord. And all they had to do was just go walk around some walls and Jericho would fall. You know, God just wants you to walk around some of your walls. You know, there's some stuff that you're going through right now. God just wants you to say, it's going to be gone. Say, it's going to be gone. gone. You know, you need to confess the goodness of the Lord. You need to confess what what your prosperity is going to be. You need to see yourself that way. Because it says here in Psalms 136, 15 through 20, 26, it says, but, but overthrew Pharaoh and his red and his armies in the Red Sea and his mercy endures forever to him who led his people through the wilderness, to him who struck down the Kings and slew the famous Kings. And then Shinon, the King of the Amorites. See God himself. Said, hey, the Amorites are going to be a problem. But when you come out of this, you're going to be able to slew them. You're going to be able to take them and you're going to be able to push them out of your land. You know what? Sometimes we need to push the enemy out of our land. We need to get a little gumption behind us and say, I'm going to push these people out. I'm going to push my situation out. You know, anything that God's promise said, you've got that promise. Go and use it to push out the enemy. It says right here, it says, and then Og, man, this was a giant. So Og was actually the king of, of Bashan, and Bashan was a bunch of giant people. And he gave their land as a heritage, and his mercy endureth forever. And the heritage of Israel, his servants, for his mercy and dearth forever. For who remembered us in our lowly state. For his mercy and dearth forever. And rescued us from the enemy. Who, And his mercy and dearth forever. Who gave food to all flesh. You know there's things that you need. That you need to be standing. And giving thanks. Because God is going to give it to you. Because his mercy and dearth forever. Oh, give thanks unto God of the heavens for his mercy endureth forever. You know, we need to have some confessions that we say every single day about the things that God is trying to bring us to and where he's wanting to take us. What does your vision say? What does your vision say? You know, I'm not going to ask for hands, but I probably would be very shocked if most people... Actually, did the vision. You know why? Because most people are waiting for God to take them onto heaven and not for what He wants to do here. Do you know that you're the only Jesus some people are going to see? But a lot of times, a lot of times, you're not going to go out into the world and you're not going to be Jesus to people because you don't believe that you're Jesus in His family. You know, when you accepted Jesus, you got, you got his name tattooed across your heart. You need to believe, because if you don't believe, then you're not going to go and do the things that God has for you. You'll just say, ah, that's for Dusty, or maybe that's for Brock. But do you know that at the end of the day, if you don't do it, who will? See, if we want revival, if we want to get to the next place, and we want to have a better place for our kids, we need to be the people that goes out and says, I believe this because his mercy endureth forever. I'm going to give you this last thing. Matt, can you come up here for me, buddy? Here's a couple of scriptures. I just want you to know these scriptures because these scriptures are important because they tell you what you need to do in order to understand your vision and to be thankful. We've talked about this before. Psalms 37 and 5, Commit your ways unto the Lord. Trust in Him and He shall bring it to pass. Do you know that God is going to help you to bring all these things to pass but you need to see his goodness and you need to believe and trust in his faithfulness you know God's more faithful than everybody else how many people know of somebody who is just faithful that you would just man they're not going to screw me over I'm gonna be honest with you, there's a lot of people that they just raise their hand, but they may not actually, well, if I actually thought about the person in my life, they probably wouldn't mess me over in this area. Or they probably wouldn't do what I needed them to do in this other area. You know, God is faithful in all areas. He's not taking one particular thing and saying, I'm going to screw you over in this area, but I'll do all the good stuff over here. Do you know that in my own life, there's only a few people I trust, like with my with my kids. You know, I know because of my own childhood, I didn't send my kids off to go stay with people. Oh, they're going to have this big stayover party at Uh, you know Andy's house who's Andy you know there'd be 12 kids that would go over to Andy's house I ain't sending my kid over there I don't know their parents I don't know the kid I don't know what they're going to do I don't know where they're going to go you know what I need to know all those things because they're more important and I want them to understand faithfulness because what happens if one bad thing happens to them could ruin them the rest of their life now that's incumbent upon you to go hey I'm going to go meet I'm going to meet some of these families and I'm going to make sure that things are okay so that I can I can have some <clears throat> you know opportunities for them but do you know that there are times where our faithfulness that it lacks but God's faithfulness is forever I put down here, you must pray and say and keep doubt away. Mark 11, 22 and through 24, it says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Have faith in God. For surely I say unto you, Whosoever says unto their mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea, but does not doubt in their heart whatsoever things they say when they believe, those things shall come to pass. Do you know that you got the measure of faith? Romans 12, 3 tells us that. God gave every man the measure of faith. But do you know that we get to add our own measure of doubt to it? It's like a scale. If I end up having, you know, an ounce of faith, but I have two ounces of doubt, where's the scale going to tip? It's going to be in the doubt area. Do you know that this is important because you've got to get the doubt away from you? You've got to spend the time to say, I'm more faithful to God because he's more faithful to me. I truly believe that God's going to do this for me. In order for your vision to come to pass, in order for what God is showing you to come to pass, you have to get the doubt out. Because the measure of faith will remove a mountain as long as you don't stand in its way. And this was one of them that after seeing some of the Facebook posts, I just go, do you know that there is nothing in you that can actually get anything done in, in the spirit? Nothing. And most people strive that, for that. Most people strive. Oh, I'm worried. Do I have enough faith? You got plenty of faith. You just got to get yourself to the point to where you're not doubting. You know, sometimes we get tired in well-doing. And Jesus himself said in Matthew 11:28, it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart. That means in your own belief system, He's going to help you out. In your heart, He is going to help you out. And you will find rest for your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. How many people need some help in their mind, will, and emotions? Oh, absolutely. Do you know that God is warning To give you rest in your mind, your will, and your emotions. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want everybody to bow your head and close your eyes. We are in a place where the world is creating more and more animosity, strife, anger, resentment... We need our burdens to be light. You know, Jesus himself said, if you just hook yourself to me, that's what a yoke is, is you're hooking yourself to him so he helps to to do the major pulling. You know, every time in my life, God has said, hey, hook up to me and I'll carry you through. You know that I've had to do some stuff, but it was very easy. And that's not because I lived a privileged life. It's because I know that the moment I start stepping out, God starts providing over and over and over and over. Was it hard to go and write papers at one o'clock in the morning? Yeah, it was. And did I fail sometimes? Yes, I did. But you know, I look back on that 11 years that I went between a GED and a master's degree, and I will tell you that in my own heart of hearts, I could do it now more than half the time because I know what to do now. You know, God wants to hook himself to you and he wants to help pull and he wants to lighten your load. So right now, everybody, I'm just praying for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that there are some burdens that are very heavy upon the people that are listening to me preach today there's some burdens that are keeping their that are keeping their vision from coming to pass there are some burdens that have been holding them back and right now in Jesus name i just pray that they quit trying to carry their own burdens and they pass that off onto you And that they hook themselves to you, Jesus. And that the Holy Spirit opens up doors that no man can shut. And that they go through this in a way that they they say, man, that was easy. I want everybody to say, that was easy. You know, every morning, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and say, it's going to be easy. And Father, I just pray that you're giving them opportunities, that you're bringing people across their path that not only they can minister to, but also people that come across their path that can help them. I pray in Jesus' name that there's people that come across my path to lighten my burdens and that Jesus, you just show us what to do next. And Father, I just pray over each and every one of them that you are renewing their vision, that you're bringing it to the forefront, that you are creating in them a heart and a mind, and a will, and emotions that give them the opportunities to fulfill what you have placed inside of them. Father, we just thank you for it. We thank you for all that you're doing. We just confess of your goodness that you've been faithful, that we, you are trustworthy. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'll be up here. If you need prayer for anything, if you need to get in agreement about something, we need to pray about it. Wait, hold on. I'm gonna pray for a couple people that just, just hit me. The Lord just said, pray for them. We're gonna pray for Brenda. She's going through some chemo. We're gonna pray that it is that it's done and that there's no more cancer. We're gonna pray for my mom my mom's got the cruds this this week and so she's out today is there anybody else that needs prayer Elizabeth and Janice okay I pray for Myra I want, I want to pray with Al for his situation I, I don't want to go into it right now but um, I want to pray with you up here when we get done Okay, one on one. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just pray over, uh, I pray over Brenda right now. I thank you, dear Lord, that uh, the chemo is going well. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, that the cancer is completely gone. I thank you, dear Lord, for a speedy recovery and for the strength, just uh, that just gives her the opportunities to just overcome everything that she's going through. And Father, I pray over Elizabeth that. Um her chemo is, is going fine and that she there is no cancer there and that she never has a flare-up or anything like that again. And we just thank you, dear Lord, that she has got the strength to continue and carry on. And I pray over Janice's uh Janice giving her peace right now in Jesus' name that there is um that there is um just peace in her family as she goes through this loss of her boyfriend. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name that there is uh, peace and understanding right there that that, uh, helps them to get through this time of of mourning. And Father, I just pray over my mom. I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that all this congestion. I pray over Matt, too, right now in Jesus' name. I pray, dear Lord, that the congestion is gone right now out of their head. I thank you, Father, that they're drying up and that it's going to be perfectly fine. They'll be able to breathe and that they don't have anything in their chest in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray right now for each and every person that is maybe listening to us. I just thank you, dear Lord, that we're in agreement right now that during this season and time that we are that sickness and disease, that it has taken from the midst of us. And I just pray in Jesus' name that health is who they are. That by Christ Jesus' stripes, we were healed as First Peter 2, 24 told us. Father, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You are dismissed. Thank you. Al, can you come up here, buddy?